I want to get her on right away. Lori Levinson is a professor of law at Loyola Marymount University uh, in California. She was a trial and appellate lawyer for years, uh, eight years, in fact. She's also a legal commentator for, get this, CBS, CNN, ABC, NBC, BBC, and NPR. In other words, people respect what she has to say. Lori, good to have you back on News and Views. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. The ruling that came down yesterday that the president is not uh, immune uh, from prosecution. Give me your take on that. Frankly, I was not surprised. After listening to the argument in the case, I found it highly unlikely that those three judges would say he is absolutely immune. What was interesting about the opinion is no one judge put her name on the opinion, but they joined as a group per curiam and reach the decision, and that included both conservative and liberal judges. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the argument that they made, why they ruled that way. What did you think about it? Well, I think they hit it on the head, and um, this is an opinion that I expect Trump will try to go up to the Supreme Court, but the way they wrote this opinion won't make it easy for him. And that's because they started out by saying why they had jurisdiction to decide the case, then they went on to talk about Trump's arguments themselves, and they said that the court has the power to enforce the law, that the president is bound by the law, that there is no precedent that says that the president would be absolutely immune, and that the type of activity that's alleged in the criminal complaint is not presidential acts. It is, as defined by the law, criminal acts. So let, let's talk about that. And I use the example of uh, Osama bin Laden, uh, dealing with him, you know, President Obama, how that went about. Is that something that he could then be charged criminally for? I don't think so, because that wouldn't be in violation of our laws. You know, the court did a really fine job of focusing in really on what's at stake here. And they said that this might in in fact, deter future presidents from doing things that could be in violation of our laws, that the ruling here rejected soundly Trump's argument that the only way you could prosecute a president is if he had been impeached. And they brought it back to the center, which is, what does the law provide? We want to have presidents who have a lot of discretion, and the hypo you give is in the area of international acts. That's where presidents have their most discretion. But they don't have the discretion to violate the domestic laws and to then say, well, I did it while I was still in the White House, and therefore I'm absolutely immune. You say you weren't surprised by the ruling. Uh, that would then uh, prompt me to ask you, is this knowing that, and in the president being surrounded by his team of attorneys, is this a method of going through a process where, uh, one, that you have a Supreme Court that you appointed the majority of, and, and two, you're trying to buy time. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the appellate court recognized that Trump may be trying to buy time, and that's why they said he has until Monday to appeal to the Supreme Court. But if what he does is try to get the entire D.C. Circuit, the full on banc involved, then the lower court judge may be able to proceed anyways with the trial. So, you know, I think he's hoping that there are enough people on the Supreme Court that they would be interested in taking this case. Although, again, in, even if they do, um, I'm not sure that he would win in the Supreme Court. They might write a slightly different opinion. It might be narrower. 
But I don't even see this Supreme Court, a majority of them saying that presidents are absolutely immune for criminal acts. So w- when you look at it, and you just mentioned Monday, is that is that the norm? Is that incredibly quick for the, the former president to, to answer this? It is quick for him to answer this, but it's not a surprise. And I wouldn't expect that anything they file will be that different from what they've been filing all along the way. Here, though, they'll just be able to cite the court's opinion. And it won't be much of a surprise to the Supreme Court that this is coming down the way. The timing, however, is interesting because, as you know, tomorrow there's a big argument in the Supreme Court regarding the Colorado case and whether they can bar him from the ballot there. So there are a lot of Trump cases on the runway to the Supreme Court. So let's talk just a little bit about a body that actually has proven it can be quite political, in, in my opinion. I'm not going to put you on and speak for you, Lori. Uh, by the way, it's Lori Levinson is our guest, professor of law at Loyola Marymount University. Uh, Lori, right now, I get the sense that the job of Justice Roberts, uh, the, the, the head of the Supreme Court, that he is searching for that fifth vote, that individual that will vote to not take the case would be my guess. I'm curious what yours is. I think that's probably right. I mean, Chief Justice Roberts, uh, remarkably, is sort of the center of the Supreme Court at this time. At the time he was appointed, he was much further to the right, but we've had people come in on the right. So I think what we can predictably say that it may be Alito and Thomas who would be most interested in taking this case, the justices Kagan, Jackson, and Sotomayor saying, let's reject the case. And then the votes in the middle and which ones, what direction they'll go. So let's speak a little bit to the timing then. The the timing, you know, if the Supreme Court, do they drag this out so it's closer to the election, which then makes the trial? You know, what's the timing when it comes to the Supreme Court? I mean, that's really a concern, I think, for the Supreme Court. You know, if they don't take the case, people are going to accuse them of being anti-Trump. If they take the case, then the second question is, do they expedite it? Because if they don't expedite it, Trump will be able to probably run out the clock and not have a trial before the election, so or at least before you know the convention. So I think that for Roberts, if there is a majority who want to take the case, his next push is, we've got to expedite this. Question does come to us, which is, isn't this all a moot point unless he's convicted before uh, November before he could win this race, because then he'll pardon himself. Uh, and all these charges, all these trials really won't mean anything. Well, if he's not convicted, if this trial goes on and he's elected, he'll just order his Justice Department to drop the case. He won't even have to pardon himself. If he is elected, then we have the interesting question of whether he can pardon himself. Now, many people think he can, but that hasn't been done yet. So that'll be another interesting legal issue. The bottom line is, if Trump can delay all of this and win the election, it's probably true. It goes away. But it's more than that. It may be because Trump has been suggesting that there would be a little bit of tit for tat and charges brought against the current administration for whatever people want to bring. So how does this affect all the other cases against Donald Trump? 
doesn't affect all the other cases. It affects the big case, the January 6th case by Jack Smith um, that's being held in D.C. But the Georgia case, it goes on. It's got some bumps in the road right now. The New York case, it goes on. The classified information case, that one might be subject to pause. Um, And, you know, could those be affected? Yes. I guess hypothetically, if you got the court swinging all the other way, and said a president is absolutely immune. The only case that would be left would be the classified documents one because that occurred after he left office. Could you see a scenario where the Supreme Court would rule in Donald Trump's favor where he is immune? You know, I would never say it can't happen. Uh, There are huge consequences if that happens. But the Supreme Court could say that since this has never been decided before, and because the president in under separation of powers has to be absolutely separate and not be subject to the rulings by the court or any other branch, then possibly they could go that way. It would be an extreme decision. But is it possible? It's possible. A, a lot of the questions come at us in, in the form of the assumption that Donald Trump is going to win in the fall. Let, let's make an assumption that none of these trials happen that if they do happen, they happen in a way where he still loses in the fall, as he did before. Uh, Could you see a scenario, Lori, where Donald Trump actually finds himself in jail? I think that's actually still fairly unlikely, even if he's convicted. Now, the crimes carry punishment in prison, but there's so many other things that can happen in terms of the type of sentencing that would occur. And even from the Justice Department's point of view, I don't know that they've ever done this because they want to see Donald Trump in prison. I think they want to make the historical record and hold him accountable. So is it possible? Oh, yeah. Uh, The crimes that he faces, especially, for example, the racketeering crime, people would ordinarily go to prison. But the classified documents case, I don't think that he would go to prison on that. And it's hard to say on the New York or even the January 6th case. Lori, as always, uh, you give us some of your time when we give our, give you a holler. And I appreciate that. I really do. My pleasure. Take you, care. You bet.